Welcome again. This is Richard Spangler with Lions Voice Ministries, and we're discussing the passion of God. And it comes from my book, uh, uh, The Covenants and the Fire, which you can order on Amazon. But we're going to talk about the passion and the fire of God, the covenants and God's fire. We've already talked about the seven covenants, including the one that Jesus made. And the one that Jesus made was an eternal covenant between man and God. All covenants require agreement of the two parties involved. We discussed at some point, and not at great length, but the fact is every covenant required a commitment from one to the other. The same was true today with the covenant that Jesus Christ made on the cross. We have to, he paid the price. He's standing with his end done. God's standing with his end done. And we have to accept the covenant. Uh, just something I wanted to throw in there. So we see at the end of this time, we've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit and baptism of fire taking place on Pentecost. Now this led to an explosion over the next few years. And by the time Paul and Silas reached Thessalonica in Acts 17, this move of God was known in Acts 17, 6. Those who turned the world upside down have come here also. That's an amazing statement. This occurs around AD 50, and it's just 17 years from the crucifixion of Jesus and the day of Pentecost. The believers of the way, Christianity, were known as people who turned the world upside down. It was remarkable considering that the travel time and the communications of the day were made it almost impossible to get the word out. What would take a few hours for us to go to today or a day of travel, destinations would take the apostles days, weeks, and sometimes months to get to a destination. The only explanation is the combination of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of fire, passion, the love of God, driving them ever forward to take the good news to the world. Over time, men began to try and control what God was doing, and gradually, man-made control, people with passion, were reined in, looked down upon, or persecuted. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit also faded as well. The fact remains that we're standing in a time and we can look at history and see that we need God's passion. We need God's love. And we're going to look at some of those key events in history. Not every event. There are multiple events where men and women arose and began to seek God with passion. And they found the passion, the fire, the love of God filling them. It's an amazing history. Going back centuries, starting in 1382, John Wycliffe had a passion for, for having the Word of God translated into the people's language. At this point in time, uh, the church, unfortunately, had become like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They had become a, a legalistic society, uh, and they had shut other people out. They were doing more to shut people out than get people in the kingdom of God. So in 1382, Wycliffe had a, God gave him a passion to have the Word translated into the people's language. In the 1400, John Huss, or John Huss, started the Moravian Church in today's Czechoslovakia. John Huss also believed in the Bible being translated into people's languages and stood against many of the same things as Martin Luther. By the time the mid-1700s came around, this group of Moravians of believers came to American established colonies in, uh, in Georgia and Pennsylvania and finally in western North Carolina. They were known for their passion for God and their passionate God-led prayers for a move of God. In, seven, in 1517, Martin Luther 
had a fire of God, a passion to bring correction to the church, to, to bring the church back to its place of where it was supposed to be as the first century. When he nailed the 95 Thesis on the Wittenberg door, that was all because of a passion to, to bring about a, a, a change in the church to go back to what was being done in the beginning. Uh, where there was a, a, a fire and a passion for God, and that people were allowed to come to God for themselves. Persecution did not stop him to bring about change and then reformation. His original intent was to change the church, not start a reformation. He wanted to make change within, but he was rejected, and he had a price on his head. Uh, he was being hunted down as men of before, but the key thing here was that this time Martin Luther there was also the printing press where things could be printed and circulated quickly. And his teachings were done the same and they brought a revolution across Europe. In 1525, there was John Calvin and his teaching. The Anabaptists had a passion of God for believers' baptism by immersion. We can go on. 1660, Brother Lawrence was filled with the passion of God, led him to teach others to practice the presence of God. He taught that you did everything unto God. And there were still others filled with the passion of God. 1607, Robert Hunt came ashore at Cape Henry, Virginia, now Virginia Beach, with the Jamestown colonists and planted a cross. And he made the following covenant for, this, for, this, for the Americas. We do hereby declare this land and ourselves to reach the people with these, within these shores with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to raise godly generations after us and with these generations take the kingdom of God to all the earth. An amazing covenant declared right on the shores of Virginia Beach. That they were here they were coming ashore to proclaim the gospel to the people in the in, in the Americas and then to go to the nations of the earth. This covenant they got this covenant declaration remains to all generations as long as it remains and this land along with England. It goes on to describe it as, as a covenant that that's an eternal covenant. It's established with God and to fulfill the Holy Scriptures. In 1620, the pilgrims with the Mayflower camp, Compact saying, having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. These people had passion. They had a fire in them to change, to go to go forth and to, to, to do what God had called them to do. In 1681, the Quakers with William Penn had the holy experience by the, by the Religious Society of Friends, also known as Quakers, to establish a community for themselves and other persecuted religious minorities and that what would become now was Pennsylvania. William Penn was different. He befriended the native tribes. He insisted on paying them a fair price for the land. And he was first, he was, out of him came the, the right of every man to vote. So we see an amazing thing happening here. William Penn had love and passion. In 1740s, the Great Awakening in the United States, the leaders, Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield, John and Charles Wesley, this move of God, this passion that was stirred in, this, in the Great Awakening brought, was the first move of God, the first time the 13 colonies had experienced a, a movement of God at the same time. This awakening unified the colonies for the first time. 
The teachings of man's God-giving rights led directly to the American Revolution and the United States of America's foundation. This move of God, again, turned the world upside down. There was a second Great Awakening in the 1840s. The leader of note was Charles Finney, who preached so passionately when, when he preached in New York City, the New York Stock Exchange closed so everyone could go hear him speak. There was a report of a, during this time of a man riding, from, riding on horseback from Omaha to New York and found prayer meetings taking place in every town that he stayed in along this journey. The move of God, the fire established, this fire, fire established the abolitionist movement. It launched a temperance movement. It launched the rights of women, which, by the way, was where the first woman, this was the group that allowed women to preach in the holiness movement. And in 1904, the Welch Revival in, in Wales was led by a young pastor, Evan Roberts. Uh, Evan Roberts was was praying get the youth to pray with a passion to move Wales. The explosive move of God in Wales in just a short period of time, nine months, nearly 900,000 people professed faith in Jesus Christ. The revival affected countries around the world. The amazing thing about this, it began to close the pubs, it began, the churches were full, the pubs were empty, and the fact is it was a coal mining country, and uh, they had a problem. The coal miners were getting saved, and they used language, certain language with their horses to get them to bring the coal out. Well, the horses wouldn't move anymore because the men were no longer cursing. They had to bring in a whole new group of horses and train them to work with people who weren't cursing anymore because of the move of God. The passion of God transformed the nation, transformed Wales. Then in the 1900, the Pentecostal move. Charles Parham, who had a Bible study in Topeka, Bible school in Topeka, Kansas, asked his students to study the Word of God and to find everything they could about the fullness of the Spirit and to pray to seek the Spirit. Then on January 1, 1901, Agnes Osmond received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. Others in the school also received the baptism. And then in 1906, a black preacher named William Seymour came to Houston, Texas to learn from Parnham, who had, a, who had a church and a Bible school. Seymour was not allowed to attend the church due to the laws of the time, but he was, sat outside the classroom and heard it and accepted the teachings. Then he became the pastor of the Azusa Street Mission in Los Angeles. And soon the meetings were drawing crowds of 1,500 every night for the next three years. In these meetings, racism and segregation were just disappeared. White and black people were joined together, joined by Latino, Mexican, Mexican Americans, and Asian. There was an explosion of God's power and love. There was a passion. And despite opposition and persecution, this movement spread around the world and has affected the world for over a hundred years. We're talking about an amazing move of God. From this movement came the healing movements in the 1940s and the 50s with women and men like Orr Roberts and Catherine Kuhlman and many others. Also during time, salvation crusades arose with the likes of Billy Graham. These moves were complementary of each other and had a profound effect on the world. This movement also had Christian televisions beginning with the founding of the Christian Broadcasting Network by Pat Robertson. In the 1960s and 70s, the charismatic renewal of the Jesus movement exploded onto the scene. This movement faced opposition from the start. Young people across the nation and the world were swept into the kingdom of God. Many of these young people were hippie with long hair. They wore blue jeans, tie-dye shirts, 
and play the fresh musical style, but they had a passion for God. There were also charismatic Catholics and Charismatics in most denominations. The, their leaders were Francis McNutt, Dennis, Dennis Bennett, Harold Bradis, and Pat Robertson, Jack Hayford, John and Ann Jimenez, Bill Hammond, and Chuck Smith, and many more. Then also during this time, there arose the leaders like Martin Luther King Jr., who rose with a passion in their hearts to see their injustices rewrited in the United States. Dr. King called the nation back to its root of God-giving freedom and purpose for all its people. Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech, speech shows the heart of God for his children. And then in the 1990s, the Toronto Blessing, The Father's Love, loved by John and Carol Arnott, John Kilpatrick and Steve Hill directed the Brownsville Revival in Pensacola. All of these people have a common denominator. The people of God had a passion for God. And respond, and God responded with his passion, his fire. These moves of God have brought about restoration of teaching and experiences in relationship with the gods that have been lost over the time. So we see that we have God moving consistently throughout history, throughout time. Various key points. We haven't even talked about St. Patrick, who went to Ireland after being a slave in Ireland, came back to Ireland and preached the gospel, and then sent people out uh, to missionaries to, to Scotland and the Pyrenees, then turned those nations to God. We're not even talking about what has happened in other parts of the earth. The numbers of people that went forth with passion of God, and the passion of God was always symbolic of not having you didn't have a fear of death because you knew God was where you knew where God was going to take you. This was a threat to the status quo everywhere it came, everywhere God's passion came in, God's love came in. Because love conquers hate. Love conquers fear. God's love conquers all. So everywhere it went. We have spent a hundred and over a hundred years unpacking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And now God is calling us to unpack and to experience, to have the fire of God burning in us, the passion of God burning in us, to turn back the hate of this nation, of this time. And hate has gotten so strong that we need the passion of God to transform us into a people of love, where we will create an atmosphere of love and goodness around us and, not, and have that passion. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. God bless you. Until then, have a wonderful week. God bless you. Bye-bye.